0: Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well being. Welcome to Fresh Take. On today's episode, we'll be sharing with you five of our New Year's resolutions for Florida Organic Growers and Consumers. As we've just stepped into 2020, we think it's very important that you guys know things that you can do around your home or in your life to make things a little bit easier for our environment. I have a special guest with me today, Sarah Gaynor, who Hi, works guys. in our office as our fundraising coordinator and does client care and handles our social media, so we're very happy to have her today. Welcome. Thank you. All right, Sarah, so as we're in a new year now, mm-hmm. um, so as we go into this new year, what are some things that you feel like are important? And, you know, let's share with our consumers and
1: our listeners what we are doing here at VOG. Um, well, we've outlined five different resolutions for this year that we would like to keep, you know, top of mind and remind our listeners and um, followers, what they can do to uh, help the environment and um, live a better, healthier lifestyle. And one of the thir- first things <laughs> that I think is really prevalent right now is the reduce of plastic use. Absolutely, a whopping 91% of plastic is not recycled, which is crazy to me. That's um, the vast majority. Yeah, it is. It's the majority, and it it takes about 400 years for plastic to degrade. So most of it just exists in some form on our planet. And if we continue to use these single-use plastic items, you know, take out forks and spoons and straws and knives, that that's just going to sit somewhere. And there is a real issue with plastic fragments showing up in our sea creatures, um, uh, seabird species, uh, marine animals. And a lot of times, these plastic fragments are fatal to those animals. Absolutely. So we were speaking the other day with um, our CEO here, and he was saying how you know they cut into this. I believe it was a whale, mm-hmm. and all of these plastic bags from you know grocery stores were inside the stomach of this whale, and ultimately that's what killed the whale. Uh, but that's happening all over the place. You know, yes. you always see people promoting save the sea turtles with the use of plastic straws, right? And so, that's well, even
0: the I don't. I guess I'm at a loss to find the proper verbiage for what they are but whenever you purchase you know a a six pack of sodas or or plastic bottles they have that plastic wrapping
1: right the ring the rings right uh,
0: that come around and I know that you see that so much you know with turtles and other marine animals where they get entangled um, Mm -hmm. and it just really creates an issue Um, like I said it nine times out of ten it's going to end their life so that's really scary and that's one thing that I see going on here right now in, in the county that we live in in alachua county throughout the state of florida and definitely in other states as well as i've traveled is uh, a lot of places are banning the use of plastic straws right and going to paper straws mm-hmm. um, just to cut down on the use of plastic and, and having those items you know get into the marine life and then also cutting down on or banning um, plastic bags Mm -hmm. in grocery stores. So I think that's definitely taking a step in the right direction. Um, You know, I know that the paper straws Aren't that great when it comes to um, actually enjoying your beverage? Because halfway in, you end up with something reminiscent of a spitball. But but I understand it and and I appreciate it. And, you know, for those people that say, oh, well, this is horrible or whatever, you know, to sit down and be able to explain to them why it's so important and why this ban is in place and propose to them alternatives that, you know, I mean, several stores I I haven't walked into any recently um, that I didn't see see them have either the stainless steel straws mm-hmm. or the silicone ones. They, they come with their own cleaners. They're very easy, convenient to use. I keep one in my purse. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have them around my house. And so that's a great alternative. And then when it comes to, pap- to paper bags, they're always, I mean, they're recyclable. They're easy to use. Yeah, they're a little bit more inconvenient to carry, but so many stores these days have the actual reusable bags where you can oh, take yeah. them into the store with you and reuse them over and over. Mm-hmm. So... I'm really happy that, you know, our county's doing their part and cutting down on plastic use.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And once you start to be aware of just how much plastic is around, I've noticed recently when I've been saying at hotels, a lot of hotels are trying to move away from the little, you know, shampoo bottles, yes. the single use shampoo. Yes. And so now they're like mounting that pump on the wall. Yep. So you're, you know, basically using it like you would use at home, but yes. it's not, you know, everybody's taking these noticed. singles. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that as well. Yeah, Um, and I think that's a great move because, you know, people don't really think about those sorts of things, how much plastic is just out there, and and you're using it once and you're throwing it away, and it's just completely unnecessary. I agree. So what is the second
0: resolution?
1: We would like to see some people stop using pesticides in their lawn care because it is just awful for the environment, and suburban lawns and gardens are actually using more pesticides than agriculture. So it... And just to put that into perspective, you know, right. you think about the farms, and there's so much land, but it's really the the suburban areas and the people using it at their individual homes that's that's really causing a problem. Yes. Um, and most commonly used pesticides are toxic to birds and to fish and to aquatic blooms, and they deplete our oxygen and damage um, our aquatic life. Yes, so.
0: they do. As a matter of fact, um, for our listeners who have been listening to our our podcast since the beginning, we did an episode in the early stages of this podcast in regards to the effects on our water systems, mm-hmm. from uh, pesticides and fertilizers and the runoff water and how you know, it creates algae blooms and dead zones, and just, you know, how damaging it can be, and again, I mean, I can't speak for other counties throughout our state or other states, but I know here in alachua County, once again, there's a ban in place for the certain times of year that you can use fertilizers on your lawn mm-hmm. uh, to eliminate the risk of runoff water polluting our waterways. So I just think that it's great that that people are being educated about what they can do and products that are available that don't have the synthetic input. We've done a couple of episodes you know, letting people know what they can do and how they can shop for these products and what to look for on the packaging. And, you know, for those of you that are not aware and, and don't know what to look for, whenever you go into the stores to shop, all packaging will tell you. I mean, there's a, a list of what what that product contains. Mm-hmm. Um, so first look for something that says organic or, you know... that that has that that labeling on it and then go from there and just start looking to see what's in there because there are options available where you can treat your lawn but to do it in a way that is not going to harm the environment all right so moving on to our third resolution
1: Actually, our pesticides in lawn care uh, ties in nicely with this one because one other thing that pesticides do is kill our bees. Yes. And that is our next resolution is to protect our pollinators. Um, Florida is home to over 300 species of bees that assist in the pollination of our agriculture commodities. And that is something that we really need to work more diligently to protect because especially in Florida with our commodity crops like blueberries and watermelons, cucumbers, onions, those would not be possible to even produce without our honeybees. That's so true. And I know that recently we had our honeybee expert yes, on we did. Uh, our, our podcast. Uh, so if you have not heard that episode, make sure to uh, go back and check out episode 19, um, Save the Bees, because it is full of great information on our pollinators. And that is something that we are definitely going to aim to protect a little bit more in uh, 2020.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's just so important. You know, we I've had conversations with people that are very passionate like about this, like we are. And then I've had conversations with people that really don't even understand the importance of right. why we need bees. They think, oh, well, they're a nuisance or mm-hmm. they stingy or whatever the case may be because they truly don't understand the importance. But what people need to understand is that without bees to pollinate our food and for us to have these crops for us to enjoy, we're cutting down on our own lifespan as well. Right? You know, I mean, without food, how do we survive? Right. And it's just so important. And like I said, there was so much great information on episode 19, as you said, about Save Our Bees, mm-hmm. uh, where I, I really encourage people to tune in and listen so they can understand what the issue is and how do we all come together to help resolve it. So now we're moving into our fourth resolution.
1: Yeah. And um, the fourth one is to support Florida Grown. And I th- I know that this podcast reaches outside of uh, the state of Florida, so it would... You know, aim to support whatever state that you are in, but absolutely. But really, the importance is to support local. Yes. Um, here in Florida, you know, it is important to support your local farmers, whether that's buying through a farmer's market or, you know, giving to a charitable organization that supports those. Um, but really, what that does is it keeps jobs local. It allows you know for your local economy to grow, but it's also just better for you eating locally grown food is fresher, it's healthier, it tastes better, but you also have it spending less time in transit. So, you know, yes. if something's having to come from all the way across the country before it hits your plate, you're losing a lot of those nutrients. And there's also a lot more spoilage, right? which adds to a whole other problem of food waste. You yes. know, and, you know, and that's something that you have to aim to, to move away from as well. But local food, it, it, it encourages diversification of local agriculture and it reduces reliance on monoculture, single crops grown over a wide area, which is a detriment to our soils. So I think that, you know, really supporting your, your local agriculture is, you know, obviously something that we stand for, but yes. is something that people just need to be more aware of in general.
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly. And like you said, there's so many resources and opportunities available to people now to do that, whether it's from, like you said, shopping at your your farmer's market, which is always um, a great experience in itself. I love going to the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Not only do you have access to the fresh local foods, but just the experience, you know, the being able to network with people and just there's so many different options available and they change, you know, throughout the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always a great experience. But there's even so many stores now That bring in produce from from local farmers, Um, so that way you have that available in your community, and I think that that's a great choice as well. And I know I'm seeing more and more, which I'm sure you are as well in your travels, that there are a lot of restaurants that are, you know, farm to table restaurants where these restaurants are operating solely off of food or eggs, produce, whatever the case may be, that are local, where they're they're coming from local farms in whatever area that restaurant may be in mm-hmm. to, to keep these restaurants running. And I just, I think it's a great idea. I love the idea of it. I think, it, like you said, it's a way to, to boost your local economy and it, fresh food always tastes better. Yeah, um, and sure. you know, that's definitely my opinion, but I just think that there's something about being able to go out and get a tomato or a cucumber or whatever the case may be that was picked today, yeah. this morning. Right. And being able to enjoy it. It's it's definitely something that I enjoy when in making my food choices. So Mm -hmm. I'm with you on that. We should definitely be supporting our local economy and trying to buy local whenever possible.
1: Yeah, for sure. And something that Fog is is doing through our social media platform this year is we have compiled lists of what is grown seasonally. So for the month of January, for the month of February, they're going to be released. So you'll see if you look at our social media now, there is everything that is grown in the month of January and then looking a month ahead for February so you can kind of plan your meals seasonally and what what our aim is is to have people share their recipes of what you know they are cooking with those seasonal ingredients and you know kind of creating a network of you know our social media viewers to say hey you know leeks are in season this this month, and so what? What is your favorite recipe using leeks? What is your favorite recipe using mushrooms? So that's going to be released every every other month. So check out our social media, and you can kind of get some some recipes for seasonal foods and uh, support your local farmers that way, because you know seasonality is the best tasting <laughs>
0: tasting food there is. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And for Sarah, since you are our social media uh-huh. uh, expert here. For those of our listeners that don't follow us already on Facebook or Instagram and would like to follow us, why don't you tell them how to do that now?
1: So we are Florida Organic Growers and Consumers on Facebook. Um, Our Fresh Take podcast that you're listening to right now also has its own Facebook page. So you can follow us there. We are on Twitter as Florida Organic Growers. We are on Instagram as Florida Organic Mm. Growers. So you can also go just to our website, which is foginfo.org. And all the links are there to follow us on social media. So definitely check us out. I enjoy the content. I, of course, create the content. (laughs) But I think it's great. But if you do have any suggestions for what you would like to see, you know, hit me up through the DM, slide on in there and uh, let me know what you would like.
0: Absolutely. Like I said, I think social media is one of the greatest platforms we have right now to communicate. So if you're not following us, please do so. Um, And like Sarah said, we always would love to hear your input. So as we're moving right along, we have our fifth resolution.
1: I think that this one kind of ties everything together and it is probably the most important one. And that is to do your part. It is easy to, you know, sort of suggest these things, you know, use less plastic and protect our pollinators, but, you know, kind of do your own research and educate yourself and find out, you know, how you can support your local farmers, how you can reduce your plastic use, how you can, you know, protect your pollinators on and on. But and we've
0: done so many episodes. You know, if you're not sure how this all fits into your lifestyle or how you can be a part of the change, you know, go back and just listen to some of our episodes. I mean, we just did a, rec- a recent episode um, for Christmas on, you know, a sustainable Christmas on mm-hmm. what you can do and changes in your home. But there's also, I mean, like we did another episode on your hygiene products yeah. um, and how you can make some subtle changes in the products that you use in your home. But it, it goes deeper than that. When it comes to, you know, cleaning products for your home and the choices that you make from detergent to how you wash your hands to, you know, just even products in your home. I mean, even now they're making furniture with textiles that are organic and Mm -hmm. more sustainable Um, clothing choices. Um, I mean, even if it's just something as simple as you don't recycle. And you want to start recycling or you don't compost and now you want to start composting or, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, changing how you fertilize your yard or how you use pesticides or there's so many ways that we can all come together. And like I said, it's it's not going to be, you know, all of these drastic changes in your lifestyle all at one time. We right. do understand that it's a process right. and you have to be educated and you have to know you know, what you're doing and why and what what impact it's going to have. You know, OK, if I change this, what is it going to change in the environment? And exactly. I mean, the ultimate goal is really to reduce our carbon footprint and leave our planet in a way that future generations can enjoy it. And, it. and it can be here for the long haul. I think that's the biggest thing overall. And at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I mean, the power lies with us individually. Absolutely. And the choices that we make on a daily basis on what we're doing and we're not doing and I think that, you know, all of these resolutions are extremely important, but, you know, the biggest thing is to do your part. Absolutely. Because, you know, it may not seem that important to everybody, but if every person listening to this or every person, you know, that if you could get people on board in your office or in your home or in your family to make, you know, two or three small changes,
1: the impact as a whole would be incredible. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I already do a lot of these things. You know, I already have the metal straw. I'm already, you know, I have my bee colony. I'm doing what I can to support my local farmers, you know,
0: we what else that. can I do? Yeah. We applaud that. We you, love that. Right.
1: What I think is, in if you're that person, what you can do is be an advocate. You know, yes. go out and educate other people. Let them know why you shop organically. Let them know why it's important to you. Because I think a lot of feedback that people get who, you know, eat organically is, oh, I can't do that because it's so expensive. That's a great opportunity to educate that person on the true cost. You know, that's yes. a great opportunity to let them know, well, if you really look at things, this is what it's costing me, you know, in my food, but this is what it's doing for me in my health. This is what it's doing for the environment. And you know, let's talk about the true cost of these things.
0: Well, and even when there is a cost associated with eating organically, and I, we've talked about this in previous episodes as well, there there is a way to do it in a way that's cost effective. Mm-hmm. So that's important to know. But also, even if you are spending a little bit more, more on your food. Mm -hmm. The overall health benefits is going to save you so much
1: on the back end in your health costs. Exactly. So you can be that advocate and you can educate people so they can kind of get on board with this as well. And also another great way to do your part is to support the organizations that are working towards these better food systems and the protection of our farmers. Uh, Florida Organic Growers for one is doing that Diligently, you know that is our entire mission is to, you know, support an organic food system and sustainability and regenerative. (laughs) Jessica always uh, laughs whenever anybody says that word because she's got something else in mind. But supporting those food systems and our Florida farmers is really important part of doing doing your own part. So,
0: absolutely. Well, as we wrap this episode up, as always, we are always here um for your feedback, for your comments, for your questions. As Sarah said, you can reach out to her through direct messenger on Facebook. You can reach out to us on Twitter. There's Instagram. There's our website. We're always available. We love your feedback. We love your comments. We love you know thoughts that you may have for future episodes. So as all of you embrace this new year and all that it brings, we hope that we've given you guys some insight on what you can do to make this new year better, uh, not only for you and your family, but for our environment. As always, we thank you, and this has been your Fresh Take. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support.